0: Welcome to the Heart Centered Therapist podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together, My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist podcast. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with you again today. I have an amazing and beautiful guest. Her name is Casey Compton. Some of you have heard of her before, and it's really a privilege and an honor to have her on the show today. Casey Compton is a therapist, entrepreneur, author, and self-love advocate. She boasts a remarkable track record of elevating four distinct businesses, propelling her mental health practice into multi-million dollar territory. Casey launched her first seven-figure business in less than 18 months. In 2020, she helped 37 entrepreneurs break 1 million in sales in less than 12 months, but her journey wasn't just about business success. Casey's story is one of personal growth, a candid exploration of battling anxiety, navigating divorce, and discovering the profound impact of therapy. Over a decade, she unearthed a transformational revelation. What was truly missing from her life? In her role as a counselor, Casey has connected with over a thousand women, each grappling with that familiar, nagging emptiness and questioning, isn't there more to life? Casey's resounding response is a definitive yes, and that led her to write her second book to help you embark on a path toward authentic, lasting fulfillment and more joy than you thought possible. It's coming in 2024. The book is called In Search of You, How to Find Joy When Doing More Isn't Doing It Anymore. So from amazing business entrepreneur to self-care advocate, and now a second time author, welcome to the podcast, Casey. Thank you so much. Yes, it's great to have you here. And mm-hmm. I know that lots of people could learn all about your business endeavors. And this episode is really gonna be focused on something you put on your website. Forget everything you think you know about success and self-care and learn how to really love yourself. And that's what we're gonna dive into today. So starting with that, it goes right with my theme of being a heart-centered therapist. What does being a heart-centered therapist mean to you?
1: (laughs) When I first saw that question, the first thing that popped into my head was so funny because if you would have asked me that five years ago, the difference in my answer would just be comparing apples to oranges, really. And I remember a time where being a heart-centered therapist, I would have said, doing everything with good intention. That would have been my answer. Now, I still believe that. I think it's doing everything with love and good intention, but I also would strongly include doing everything with love for yourself as well as others. Because I think so many therapists are caring for other people and neglecting and forgetting themselves.
0: Exactly. Such a common experience. And I'm glad that you're going to talk about that with us today. I I know all of my listeners and I've felt that All the time. And so it's not just therapists. It's so many other women. Anybody who's a carer or a helper can easily go there.
1: And it often creeps in. It starts just, and I talk about this in in my book, how it's a lot of little things, so small that they're easy to talk your way out of or justify, but it starts with the little things. And before we know it, like we're in this predicament sometimes that we it's hard to get out of. So yeah, it happens so quickly and so easily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe this is a good way to dive in and share a little about how it happened for you. Those of you who don't know about Casey, her success is huge. She's partnered with Mike McAllowitz and he's promoted her other book, Fix This First. Is that what it is?
1: Fix This Next. Your yeah. <laughs> Fix this next.
0: Yeah. So, like, maybe share a little bit about your entrepreneurship, which includes even more than just therapy. And then, like, why you're in this new path and direction.
1: Yeah, that's a big question. Entrepreneurship, I tell people, is something that I think I was born with. Like, it's just been part of everything that I've done and known and felt since I was a kid. And so, In twenty fourteen, I was facing a I was in a position where I was had a high risk pregnancy. I was told I had to be on complete flatbed rest for five months. I had to have one of a couple very risky surgeries, both for me and the baby. And I was a therapist at the time and in-home therapist actually. So I was traveling all around Kentucky, seeing kids and families in their homes. And this was just like, it was like one day this just happened. So it wasn't anything I pr- uh, prepared for or planned for. And within just uh, one doctor visit, it was like everything changed. And so it was really scary. And I'd always been very independent and very much like I can take care of myself kind of thing. And here I go from one extreme to the other of I have to depend on everyone. I can't get up. I was afraid to use the bathroom. Like I took one shower a week. It was just really scary. Yeah, and Protecting the baby. You were so worried about what could I do?
0: I don't want to do anything.
1: Yeah, I was having all of the. These irrational images, like of standing up and then the baby just is there, you know? all of these horrible images.
0: And I just got to say, thank you for saying that because that helps you be so relatable to people who've also dealt with really scary pregnancies. And even just the fact that you were an in-home therapist traveling
1: around people's homes in Kentucky, like that makes you so relatable too. <laughs> And not to mention just all of the guilt and was this my fault? Did I do anything? And all I could remember was the weekend prior to this was like a 20 year, 20 month doctor visit and you go and you get the good ultrasound and all the things and the weekend prior to that. I just moved into a, a new house that I was renting and I had to mow. So I remember like mowing the yard, doing all of this cleanup. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, did I do this? Like all, And I know people blame themselves for things that they have no control over all of the time, but it was scary. And so I just went from that extreme, being very hyper-focused, hyper-independent to having to depend on everyone for anything. And I just remember laying there day after day. And luckily I was able to get disability that only pays 60% of your income. So it doesn't really do it all. But I was just sitting there thinking, I just, I've got to do something. Like I can't, I have to figure out a way to make money, even when I'm not the one doing the physical work because in at that time i was thinking if i want to have more kids is this going to happen again so anyway that's when i started planning to open a business and planning to open a practice and doing all the things and then after i had my baby which she there's a whole section in the book about that story and oh. yeah and how she then was named the laundry basket baby and so I won't tell you why. But okay. That's right. You have
0: to read the book.
1: You could probably figure it out. But yeah. So she, was, we called her the laundry basket baby. But after she was born, and I, I, that's when it all happened, I just hit the ground running and made some pretty bold goals for myself. And also, that's when I got into communication with Mike McAuliffe. So that's when I started, while I was on bed rest, I read read, I read constantly and I read a lot of his books and just really thought, okay, I relate to this dude. <laughs> I can, I feel like he he's like the same age as my older brother. And I just had this connection with him, even though I never met him, which I know sounds creepy. But anyway, I just started, I don't know, just trying to put myself in positions where I could learn from other people and grow. And I don't Now it's blossomed into we're friends and chat with him. I talk to him every couple of weeks and he really did help the process, the writing process and the publishing and the marketing process of fix this next. And most people don't know because we haven't really announced it publicly, but for the second book, he took me under his wing and said, here, let me try to get you in with Penguin Random House, like my publisher. Let me try to help you. And and so anyway, we officially labeled our relationship as he was, he is my acting as my agent. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And so now he's doing that and he's helping to market this new book. And it's just crazy the the power of relationships and how it really helps bring about things that you want to happen in your life.
0: Yeah. Casey, I love that and resonate with that so much, that power of relationships and no, no way you couldn't be kept down. Even though you were lying in bed, you were being an entrepreneur and reading and doing everything you could to plan and take bold action, even though you were bedridden and growing a baby. And yeah. then, you know, that's such a beautiful connection that you made with him. Mike Michalowicz is the author of, of The Whole Prophet First. Like, I don't know how you would describe him, but there's he's written a lot of books and he talks to business people of all walks of life. Um, we did actually have Julie Harris on this podcast earlier on, and she does Profit First for Therapists. She just published that book. So that was really cool. And so, yeah, you have this like incredible business mind, incredible business mentor and friend in him. Now your book is being published by Penguin?
1: It is being distributed by Penguin and mm-hmm. it's actually being published by Ben Bella. But So I got the best of both worlds there.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's great. So- your businesses just took off and your family grew. And then there's the regular stresses that come. And I I know you so boldly. I love, I think you're very bold. (laughs) You boldly put on your website, like, how did I wind up here? Where did the old me go? Who am I even? And I know As a woman, an individual, I've felt those questions, but it's really hard to put that out there.
1: Yeah. And in the beginning part of all of that, I had a friend, a guy that I went to high school with forever ago. And then later in life, we hadn't seen each other in 20 something years, but later in life, we realized or found out that we were related, that we're actually like second or third cousins. And it was just random and funny. And so as I was putting a few things out there into the world, he reached out to me and he said, look, I don't know. I have no idea what's going on in your life. But just based on a couple things I've seen, I just want you to know that as you start down this path of self-discovery and self-love, you're going to lose a lot of people in your life. Mm -hmm. And he said, "I just want you to know that it's what the head is going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it." And I was like, "Okay, sure, <laughs> but man, was he right? Wow. What was he and come to find out he had done the same thing like before he had hit like this big burly dude ex cop now he's oh like like embracing spirituality and looking inward and getting back into the arts and like drawing and painting and playing music and he grew his hair long and he was doing the so we were doing the exact same things just like in two different worlds and so it was so cool to see how the world was responding to him and how he was taking all of that in as it was happening to me as well. Yeah. And
0: even that he shared that with you, like that emotional connection and letting you know, like that softer side really sounds like such a great friend. and.
1: Yeah. And such out of the norm, mm-hmm. especially for people like that I grew up with and where I'm from. It's not every day you run into a six foot tall, bearded, long headed dude that's, I love you. And then being vulnerable and like sharing his emotions. And I'm just thinking that's really cool. I connect with that. I get that. I appreciate that. I respect that. And how that's just not, that's just not common here. Maybe not common anywhere. I don't know, but it's, it's different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think as, as uncommon as that is, there's also what happens for women too, right? Like becoming, Business owner and manager, and even just like running your household and everything, like we lose some of our like feminine polarity, right? And build up our masculine like action side, right? Mm-hmm. And he, on the other hand, is like getting into his softer side. Yeah. Big burly guy. And we need that wake up call,
1: I think. Yeah. And that's exactly that. That's a great way to describe it because I think the more focused and driven I became in the business world, the harder I became in the vulnerability and the more callous. And it wasn't that I didn't care about things, it was just that I had to really put on my shell every day, or I felt like I had to put on a shell every day when I came to work because. I was having to make hard decisions. I was having to fire people. I was having to stand up for myself, I would, like all of those things. And it took a lot from me. and And I knew something was off. I will say that, but I'll also say that I went almost 10 years with blinders on. So mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it. But I started to notice that something was off when I was thinking about I used to do a lot of art and like the guy I was telling you about, Nate, him and I were both the art kids in high school. Like you have the little Mm -hmm. kids, like the different cliques and used to be so artistic and I would draw and I would paint, and I could crochet. And so I used to make all my daughter's clothes, build stuff, I had a miter saw, everything. And you enjoyed it. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. And I had not picked up a paintbrush or a pencil for drawing since I had my daughter, the laundry basket baby. Mm. And so as I was like trying to make some connections, I was just like, dang, what happened? What happened? And so the book came about as me trying to figure out how did I wind up here? Something had to have shifted. Something had to have happened for me to let go or give up of all the things that I found joy. And I don't know when or where or why this happened. And so that's how it's how it came to be.
0: Did you know one in five people will experience a mental health issue this year? MentalHealthThreads.com is your online shop dedicated to promoting mental health awareness and breaking the stigma surrounding mental illness. You can find fun, creative, and inspiring products like t-shirts, hoodies, and more, all with positive messages that remind us to take care of our mental health. Favorites like perfectly imperfect. Your anxiety is telling you lies. It's okay to not do it all and no risk, no magic. Plus, we have a special collection just for therapists, like our bestseller, I'm a mom and a therapist, nothing scares me. So come check it out at mentalhealththreads.com. Our mission is to start important conversations about mental health and to remind you that you are not alone. Check out mentalhealththreads.com today. You start... Losing the joy because you're so busy managing your life and going through the motions, even if they are those loving, well-intentioned things that you want to do and that you you like doing and that you need to do for your family and for your business, but the joy just starts to disappear. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if any of our listeners have felt that, but if you have, keep with us here because this is where it's starting to get good. Like, We think we're going to find the joy if we work harder, if we take on more tasks, if we say yes to things and just keep trying, and it doesn't usually come from there.
1: Mm -hmm. And then we think, okay, there's something wrong with us. Yeah. In the beginning, I was so focused on achievement and really trying to prove myself to others, I knew I could do it. I grew up pretty low middle class, I guess you could say. I knew I could do it, but I don't think that I thought others did. And so I was seeking out approval from family members, from people that I looked up to, from friends. And so with that achievement mindset, I just, like I said, I put those blinders on and kept going. And it was just, it got me a lot of things. I had, you know, everything I'd wanted. I had a dream home, ended up purchasing the dream home. I always wanted a beach house, bought the beach house, the vehicle that I always wanted, the dog, everything. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I still went to bed feeling empty. And felt like once I had all of those things I just I was just like why am I what am I doing now like why am I what am I working for now and there wasn't anything else to get like I had it all
0: you could still feel empty in the beach house
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
0: Mm -hmm. and that's so sad Casey right as you say that now that's so sad because you were missing out on joy you were missing out on being who you really are inside like that self-expression I'm sure that comes out in the book when you talk about going back to your love of art of painting of creating
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely and also what was really sad that I realized was it I was feeling all of these things and all of this emptiness and like a void but nobody knew it nobody even noticed (laughs) yeah Um, nobody noticed and my husband at the time who we take the reader through a little bit of that got it we divorced after this but he didn't know Mm -hmm. he had no clue family didn't know And I just remember thinking, man, I've got to do better. I have to have a better support system. I have to, I've been so focused on business. I don't really think I've cultivated any friendships. Somebody should have recognized the fact that the lights were on, but nobody was home. Something Mm -hmm. was off.
0: And I hear you. And there's a a really good reason they didn't, which goes back to also what you were saying of I'd put on a shell. Mm -hmm. And I think again, in some ways, women are acculturated to doing that, right? And we, we have these tools even to give us a shell. It's perfect, right? So you can put on your makeup and you can do your hair and you can wear the clothes and you've got your shell on. Boom, then we just keep going. And that shell then becomes armor and, and our our clothes people don't in our lives don't even see, right? And so that was a huge risk for you to say, oh, I do need support. And what if I don't want to wear this shell all the time? And one of the reasons I'll be honest, like when I was thinking of starting this podcast, which which was just about a year ago this month, my podcast manager, Sarah, who's amazing, she said, what are some of the personal reasons you want to do this? And I love educating and reaching out to therapists and providing that as a service. But the personal reason ended up being making connections having some connections. And I've met so many wonderful people and guests like you who are like famous in the therapy world who come on here and then we sit and talk. We could be just having coffee and it's heartwarming. The shell has to come off to do that.
1: Yeah. And in, in realizing that most of it was me and that I was putting on that shell, and I was hardened to vulnerability. And then Taking that piece of knowledge and tracing it back to childhood and I I do this in the book with the reader and and it was like eye-opening to see, oh, this is probably why I do this now. This is where this comes from. And so I was starting to just make all these connections between the past and the present. And it then just cracked open and created this space for vulnerability. And I realized that I have never been that way. And and I've never had that in my life. Mm. My grandmother was the, really the only person that would ask me questions about myself mm. or like, how's everything going? What have you been working on? Nobody else asked me stuff like that in my yeah. life. And so just like being able to take more information about self-awareness and just about everything I I was doing and connecting it back to things gave me so much more peace because it answered a lot of questions.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and these stories you share with us are just so meaningful. And I know that you love story and that's in your book, but just hearing that about your grandma is like the coolest thing because she wanted you to be able to love yourself in some way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the, I catch myself, I think everyone does this, but I catch myself doing and saying things now that just is, is exactly what she would have said or done. And it just cracks me up. I just laugh at myself. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Um, but that's what she was, that's what she was doing. And she was, she, and I think she knew that she was the only soft place in my whole family. And I think the things that she would do to just pester and aggravate and annoy me, (laughs) she was doing it even more so because she knew I needed it one and two, I wasn't going to get it anywhere else. And like, that's, that's a good memory and a good thing to think about now.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that she was your soft place. And I hope everyone listening can think about who was that person for them. Hopefully you had one person. And sharing a little about in search of you, how to find joy when doing more isn't doing it anymore. Like you're really challenging for us, Casey, like that notion of women, trying to meet all of these expectations and find happiness there and so your premise is like the happiness isn't in doing all of these things what do we need to do what are a couple first steps without spoiling the whole book what are a couple first steps that we can take to start on this journey of self-love just like you and nate have done
1: (laughs) um I think it, I think one of the first things we have to do is remember our inner child. Like who was that little child and what did they dream of? What did they enjoy? Was it like what just popped into my head just now was playing with those little roly poly creatures. You know what I'm talking about? Like you touch them and they curl up and I have no idea. Yeah, why? But as a little girl, I would go dig those up and I'd sit and play with them. Oh, Um, the little roly bugs. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Catching fireflies outside at night in the summer. Like little things like that. As a little girl, I remember going for drives with my dad, eating a Slim Jim and an orange soda. There's all these things that come to me. And I remember, and I think just like spending the time and giving yourself the opportunity to remember who that little girl or boy or person was. And then remembering that they're actually still there. They never go away. I think that's the first step in self-love. Yeah. Because it's hard to love something or someone that you don't know or that you don't understand. And so we have to get to know ourselves a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and those are such great examples because we disconnect from that inner child, the little person we were, and most of those things are activities of maybe slowing down, being in the present moment, sensory, pleasure, play, so that's a great way to have an entree to self-love, connecting with your inner child. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Also, one thing that's been really important, and I do give a little bit more of a detailed description in the book, but I don't think that people really need details on this, but mapping out your timeline of your life, that was huge. And as I would put things on my timeline, I would just start with the big things, like the main things, birth, gradual, like the big things that were big to me. Births, deaths, graduations, moves, marriages, whatever. And then looking at that and then starting to remember the little moments and where those fell in between the big ones and looking at patterns. And I noticed like how my behavior in the past was very predictable based on the events that happened in my life. I would react the same way every time something traumatic or big would happen and it wasn't good. And so just seeing yourself right there on a timeline really helps you to give yourself more grace and um, love and compassion. And so those were those two things that I think are really helpful.
0: Yeah, I like that. How do you help someone who's like looking at their timeline, say they put it down there and they're like, what, I mean, is, am I just going to keep repeating this? Is this all there is? Or shouldn't I be farther along? And we want to have that grace and compassion for ourselves. But the instinct is to, the reflex to beat ourselves up.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I think even just asking yourself, what am I working toward here? What would make this timeline look better to me? Because we're doing it not to measure our achievements. That could be a totally separate timeline. We're doing it to understand ourselves. Mm. And of course, we repeat the same patterns over and over. Mm-hmm. That's just what humans do. But the first step in change is knowledge. And so even just knowing that's how we react to things is a huge first step. Yeah. So just them having that epiphany in and of itself is huge. Yeah. There's always
0: a rewind moment that I encourage my listeners to do. And it's right there. What you just said, Casey, it's so brilliant. When we map our timeline, that is not to look at our achievements. That is to understand ourselves. Right. Yeah, it's really brilliant. Yeah. So those are a few ideas of how we can start, right? It's a slow road to (laughs) Mm self-love, but we do want to speed it up some because we've been doing this a long time, not being (laughs) kind to ourselves. You said 10 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, And then I think we forget that we do so many things in our relationships it doesn't matter if it's romantic if it's professional whatever and if it's family there's so many things that we do that can be interpreted through the lens of self-love or the lack of self-love if we love ourselves wouldn't we have better boundaries with those who har- who hurt us wouldn't we advocate for ourselves when we need to if we love ourselves Wouldn't we cut back on the negative self-talk? Wouldn't we go after that degree that we've always wanted to do? Like, how would your life look different if you, this was the kicker for me. How would your life look different? How would you look different to yourself if you loved yourself in the same way that you love your children? And. Like, when that kind of hit me, and this all came out for me while I was in therapy myself, I didn't yes. know.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because you said that here you are, super successful, million dollar practice, and you really hadn't done therapy. So you went to therapy to heal some of these traumas
1: and started to learn to love yourself like you love your children. Whoa. Yeah. I certainly don't treat myself like I treat my kids. Like I'm so patient and so forgiving of their mistakes and their bad behavior does not in any way change how I feel about them. Mm -hmm. I do something. I carry that shame around for years and years. And I just think that it's loving yourself the way that you love something pure and unconditionally is something that we should strive for.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. You are doing vulnerability
0: now every day. You're doing it right here and touching other people's lives who need to hear this message. And thank you for sharing. You've had those feelings of shame that you carried around and so have I. But the the gift is when we can let it go.
1: That's mm-hmm. the real gift. And yeah, it's carrying it around on in a backpack. And we think that we're just dealing with it. but We're really just stuffing it back there and, and putting more weight and more of a burden on ourselves. And um, yeah, I thought that I could compartmentalize and do all those things with a lot of the feelings and things that I've had over the years. And it was just, it just doesn't work. Like you have to process that stuff. Like you, you have to, but I didn't want to, it was easier just to put the blinders on and go start a business or mm-hmm. go make some money. That stuff was easy. The vulnerability part was hard for me.
0: Yes, it—it it is hard. And it goes back to mapping your timeline because if it's, if it's not where you want to be, then that goes back to the dream. What do you really want? Do you know who you are and do you know what you want? And if you don't, well, now's the time to take action. And really, you've still been an action taker all along. And this is maybe one of the most important, most spiritually and profoundly impacting actions of learning how to be intentional and compassionate and loving of yourself and it just spreads out to others. You have yes. this this great energy, Casey, that people feel in your presence. Well,
1: thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It was it was it was tough. Like it if this gives you any kind of comparison, like I wrote Fix This Next in five weeks. I wrote In Search of You in almost 24 months. Mm-hmm it was hard. And there was a lot of times where I said, I I can't do this. I quit. (laughs) And, but I'm so happy that I made that commitment publicly that I was doing it because I might have quit. And even though it was, is a healing journey for me in a lot of ways, I hope that it helps other people do the same.
0: Yeah. I, I, I know it will. And it's, such a calling on your heart, right? This goes back to that heart-centered place, right? Like it took 24 months. Sometimes you didn't want to keep doing it. And yet you knew there was a reason and purpose for you to do this. And even the courage you have, right? Like you could talk about business. It's not really being that vulnerable. But to talk about this, your life journey and coming into this other Space, right? That's pretty vulnerable. It takes a lot of courage. Yeah,
1: it was very, it was very weird. Registering this book in the self-help space, <laughs> <laughs> like I kept this. No, it's not business. No, it was weird, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely a vulnerable journey.
0: Yeah, this Bus- business people and women need to read this book. So you can go to the self-help spot to get it. <laughs> <laughs> So what else should I be asking you about the book or self-care journey, self-love journey?
1: You've asked some really good questions. I hardly ever listen to any podcast that I'm on because it's just like a cringe moment, but I will probably listen to this one because <sighs> you did ask some really good questions. I'm not sure if you've left off any big ones that that have been like a running theme for me. It comes out in March 12th of 2024. We have some really cool things we're doing and Mike is helping to promote that. We have launch teams. The cool thing about this launch team, I'm like, how can you help promote a book if you haven't read it? Like you have to know <laughs> what you're promoting because I don't want anyone to promote something that they don't agree with or whatever. And people who are on the launch team, they do get like an early digital copy, but I'm getting... Any day now I'm getting hard copies, the first batch off the printer that go Mm -hmm. out to my uh, launch teams, the stuff. I I know your listeners can't see it, but in the background, I've got all kinds of cool swag that we're doing for different launch teams. So if anyone wants to get involved and is a self-love advocate, we would love to have you people who post or participate in book clubs, we have special promotions there that get give you lots of cool stuff for your group. So we're really going all out trying to hit people in all the different areas and just really advocate for self-love and healing.
0: Yeah. That you know what? That leads to the question that I was still going to ask you was how does community fit in to the self-love journey? And you just nailed it, right? With our book club groups, with participating in spreading self-love and having like cool merch. And yeah, we'll definitely get a picture of that so everyone can see the mugs and hats and it's really great. But I think community is so important for our self-support and our self-growth. And we it's really hard to do this alone. And so I love that you're creating spaces for people to come together around the book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And accountability, just that's, you mentioned earlier relationships and that's one of my greatest, that's one of of the things I'm most grateful for is just the community and the friendships that I've made over the years. And I would have never done that if it wouldn't have been for business and therapy, um, practices and therapy owners and, and different things like that. And I'm just so thankful, but if I am teetering on a line of, okay, am I being ridiculous? Is this something I should really be? <laughs> now I have like people I can call and say, okay, listen to this and tell me if I'm crazy, just asking for that kind of help. I would have never done before.
0: Wow. Yeah. Because also that's like your vulnerable side and you've already vetted these people as friends and people who care and love you. So that's really great. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Casey, what, would, what do you hope is like the big message that you hope this book would have that resonates for therapists especially?
1: <laughs> I want therapists to know that they know this, but I just want to reiterate that even as therapists we still sit in that client seat we're still human we still have all those feelings we still process them in maladaptive ways we do all the things it doesn't matter that we may have phds and lots of letters behind our name we still need to be always exploring who we are Reason being there is because I I think we change. Who I am now is not who I was 10 years ago and who I was 10 years ago wasn't who I was in my early 20s. And if we're not constantly rediscovering who we are and learning about ourselves, I think we're doing ourselves a major disservice both to us and to our clients
0: beautiful what a great way to to take us out from this podcast you have been so amazing and generous with your time and really just feels like a blessing for all of us to hear how it's possible that we could move into having more self-compassion and grace and self-love and how much it's needed because it's going to help make our families better and our lives better and the world better so thank you so much casey I will have everything in the show notes, links and where people can find you and also to pre-order the book. Maybe I will do something so that I can also share about the book when it comes out closer to my email list. So tell everyone where they can find you.
1: Website's easy. It's just my name, caseycompton.com. And then we're on social media, Instagram, Facebook. So you can find us either place.
0: Great. Okay, everybody follow Casey and... Start thinking about your own self-love journey and get the book. (laughs) Thank you so much. What a great interview with Casey Compton. I want to thank her again for coming on the podcast and showing so much courage and sharing with us about the importance of self-love and especially for most of us as therapists and women and how we tend to spend so much of our lives sacrificing for others, helping others, that we forget to nurture and love ourselves. And then we become lost. And so Casey has a wonderful book that's coming out of March in search of you, How to Find Joy When Doing More Isn't Doing It Anymore. A couple quick takeaways from the episode today that I want to leave you with are the first, what can you do? Number one. Remember your inner child. Who was that inner child? What did they love to do? Go back and get some memories. Think about what your inner child loved to do. It was probably something in the realm of slowing down, play, pleasure, something that ignited all of your senses and think about that. And your inner child has become disconnected from you, part of the feeling of being lost. So there's a place for connection and rediscovery. And number two, she said, a great exercise is mapping out your timeline. And you map it out, your timeline of things that have happened in your life, not to track your achievements, but to understand yourself and to understand and become aware, self aware of patterns that keep repeating. And think to yourself, what do I want? What do I want more of? Where do I want to be? And how can I get there? And of course, having therapy, or trusted friends that you can really talk to who get you on this journey is a wonderful way to get started. So thank you so much from my heart for listening to the Heart Centered Therapist podcast being a part of our community. And you can always DM me on Instagram at Therapist. Until next time, stay heart-centered. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.